0: that means something different today than what they used to. The first word they're going to start with is the word catfish. How many of you know catfish, right? Something to eat. Then it used to mean a freshwater or marine fish with whisker-like barbells around the mouth, typically bottom dwelling. Now it is a person who sets up a false personal profile on social networking site for fraudulent or deceptive purposes, right? Maybe, hopefully you've never been catfished, okay? Hopefully, uh, but, but that's what it is. That's how it's, the meaning has changed, uh, what a catfish is. Cloud, cloud used to mean a visible mass of particles of condensed vapor as water or ice suspended in the atmosphere of a planet as the earth or the moon. Now it means any of the several parts of the Internet that allow online processing and storage of documents and data as well as electronic access to software and other resources. How many of you are still confused what the cloud is? I know what clouds are. I'm not sure what the cloud is. I was trying to have that conversation with my mom, and she just wasn't getting it. She's like, what do you mean the cloud? I'm not sure what you're talking about, right? Right. And so uh, sometimes that's, that's what we get. Sometimes we're just we're confused about because words mean different things now. Uh, catfish, cloud. Next one is this, sandbox. How many of you think you know what a sandbox is? You say, I have one of those in my backyard, right? My grandkids play in the sandbox. Sandbox used to mean a low box filled with sand that children can play in, or cats, if you don't put a cover on it. Now it means an environment in which software developers or editors can create and test new content separate from uh, other content in the project. All right, so a sandbox has a different meaning today. It's a safe spot to uh, test content. Catfish, cloud, sandbox. How many of you know what a tweet is? It's what something a bird does, right? You know, we, we we can walk outside. We hear the birds tweeting. Well, you can also tweet online. It used to mean uh, a chirping note. Now it means a very short message posted on the Twitter website. Thank you, Mr. Elon Musk. Uh, how many of you know what a friend is? You got a friend? Anybody got a friend in here? Some of you have friends. We need to work on that. There's only, like, a few people raise hands. <laughs> What's wrong with you people, Right. <laughs> Let's make some friends, okay? Uh, friend was uh, then it was one attached to another by affection or esteem. Now it is to add a person to one's list of contacts on a social networking site. We have watered down friendship. Uh, follow. This is the last one. Follow. I mean, if you think you know what follow the word follow means. Follow used to mean then to go or come after or behind someone or something to pursue in an effort to overtake. Sounds creepy when you say it that way. Uh, now it means to subscribe to someone's updates on social media. So words, they, they have different meaning from what we used to. They They have Uh, different connotations now they have different ways of looking at it so you kind of have to qualify what you're talking about sometimes when you say words and today I want to do that with the word Christian Uh, I think we have to qualify that because I think the word Christian uh, a lot of times when people say, well, I think I know what you mean, but I, I really don't know that people understand what we mean when we say the word Christian. And honestly, I don't know if that's the best term anymore to describe someone who would follow Jesus because the word Christian, I believe, just like the word friend and follow has gotten watered down to mean something that's just, well, it's someone who, who has this quasi-belief in this guy named Jesus who may or may not be divine, and he was probably a good person, you know, and so to be a Christian nowadays is super broad, and uh, it, it, can, it can have a lot of ways it goes. And so that's why I want us to go to Matthew chapter 28, because I want us to get to the very end of Matthew here, and this is really kind of what Jesus left us with before he ascended into heaven, um, He left us with this statement, this thing called the Great Commission. And and he gave us some insight here. This is where we pick up, uh, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, therefore, he says, go therefore and make what? Disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We did that last Sunday, last Sunday night. We baptized people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, Jesus, I think he gives us some instructions here, and he wants to be clear about uh, what his instructions are. He wants us to have some certainty about that. And so he told us here, he said, I want you to go and make a bunch of Christians, right? That's not what he said. He didn't say go and make a bunch of Christians, but that's kind of what we feel, you know, the church's job is to go out there and make a bunch of Christians. And I think maybe maybe we've done that. Maybe that's what we've done. Instead of making disciples, we've made a bunch of Christians. And so now Christianity is, you know, you have to qualify. What does that mean? Hey, you're a Christian, all right? What kind of Christian are you? right? Are you a Christian that, that, that believes in Jesus? Are you a Christian that believes that Jesus is divine, that Jesus is the Son of God? Or are you a Christian in the sense of the word that you have devoted your life to following Christ and not just on social media? You don't just follow Jesus on Twitter, right? And you could do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know who that person is behind that account, but some people follow him, and you know that that uh, you are more than just this kind of this follower on a social media account that you're just looking for some updates every so often? Are you a person that is dedicated to hearing the voice of God in your life each and every day? To having the Holy Spirit prompt you and have the Holy Spirit um, lead you and guide you and convict you. And we don't like that word convict, right? That, that's something we do to people who break the law. We convict them. Right? So that's not me. I don't, need, I don't need the Holy Spirit doing that. But the Bible talks about that we need conviction. We need that conviction in our life from the Holy Spirit not only to comfort us, not only to lead us to become more like Jesus, but also to convict us in times where we step off the path, where we get off the track. And So that's kind of what today is all about is, is being on track. We started a thing called growth track here at the church. And the whole point of growth track is really this idea is trying to figure out what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus. Because we're not interested in just having a bunch of Christians sit in the pews. We're not interested in you uh, just being here and being a church attender. Now, don't get me wrong. As a pastor, I'm all about church attendance. I have been going to church for a very long time. Even before I became a pastor, my dad was a pastor, so I attended church whether I wanted to or not, right? Anybody, you know what that was like growing up. Now I attend church because I want to, because I see the benefit of it, because I see that not only the benefit of it, I need that. And, and, And so, I don't want to just have a bunch of people who come to church and just attend church. Attendance is good, and you've heard me say this before. Attendance is good, but Christ-like evidence is so much better. Attendance is good, but evidence is better. And that's what we want. We want you to be people who don't just attend, but we want you to be people who have evidence of Christ-likeness in your life that when you say, I'm I'm a Christian, well, what does that mean? It means I'm a disciple, and there's some evidence to back that up. Sometimes there wouldn't be enough evidence about someone's life to convict them of being a disciple. Thank you for that one amen. Sometimes we like to dress the part, but we're not anywhere close to the part we're dressed up as. We see people who do this that will sometimes, and we live in a military community, we love, uh, we love our, our, our military families around here. How many of you guys are military families? Just raise your hand or been a military family? Just raise your hand, okay? And so I've seen videos at times of people who are not in the military, but they will dress up in, uh, in, in a, a uniform and they will try to go out in public and pass themselves off as, as being, and it's called what we have, we have a term for it, it's called what, stolen valor? yeah, stolen valor, and they try to pass themselves off. And so once you actually start asking them questions or someone who's knowledgeable of, of military and they start asking them questions about where they serve, how they serve, what that looks like, it begins to unravel very quickly. And that is something that, you know, it's we, we, we look down on that, right? You know, people who would dress as police officers or maybe if you would don a white coat and walk into the hospital and try to pass yourself off as being a doctor, right? Some of us, it's like that's the equivalent. We come to church and we think that just coming to church makes us a Christian. That's the equivalent of someone saying, hey, I'm a doctor and I, all I did was stay at a Holiday and Express last night, right? Yes. Do you get where I'm going with this? There is something that's got to be behind this. There is something that we are being called to, to more than just being Christians and part of this thing called Christianity. Jesus never came to start Christianity. We don't find that where he says, hey, my mission was here to start Christianity. He says, my mission is here to love you, to introduce God to you, to reveal God's plan for you, but also to call you to be disciples. And he says, I'm calling you to be my disciples, and I want you not only to be my disciples, but I want you to go out and make disciples. And so this is what we're called to. See, church has has to become more than a place we go. Church has to become who we are. It has to become who we are. See, for a lot of people, it's the only place they go on Sunday. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's nothing about church about us. And so we go to church on Sunday. At some place, we spend an hour. We sing some songs. Maybe we throw a dollar in the offering plate, and we call ourselves one thing. and, And really, that's about it for some of us. But Jesus invites us to a much, much deeper walk. He says basically that he wants us to uh, look like him and sound like him, walk after him. See, we're not here just to make you better church attenders. We're here to make you disciples. And so that's that's what today is about. That's what Growth Track is, is really what we're interested in with Growth Track, is to help you become fully engaged followers of Jesus. That's what we want. Fully engaged followers of Jesus. Not just people who know some stuff about Jesus. But when you're fully engaged, that means every aspect of your life. That means every aspect of your home. That means every aspect of who you are is asking the question, Jesus, what do you want this to look like? What, what do you want this to sound like? What, what does this need to look like, Jesus? Every aspect of my life, I'm wanting it to represent and reflect Christ. That is, that is a, a, a fully engaged follower of Jesus. That's what that looks like. So we look at this in Matthew twenty eight twenty. He says, go and make disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, he says, verse 20 says this. He says, teaching them. If if you have to be taught something, it, it means that there's there's got to be time and a process. It's, it's going to take a little bit, right? And there's got to be some intention on your part, not only to take information and say, well, I heard that information. But when a teacher, you sit in school, a teacher has the intention to give you information so that you can take that information and use it again, right? This is yes. This is no. This is I don't know. A teacher has the goal of helping you get some information, but not just get that information, but take that information, ingest it, make it part of who you are. So when you're called to show that, show the work, you can do that. See, Jesus wants us to be disciples. What does that mean? Knowing Jesus. And we've talked a lot about that since Easter, knowing who Jesus is. But sometimes we let that stop at just knowing information about Jesus. But then we have people who pray prayers, and they say, well, I know Jesus now. And that's great. You know Jesus now. And maybe, maybe you even get baptized, which is, which is another great step. We want you to do that. But if we stop at just saying, I know some stuff about Jesus. I prayed a prayer, and then I got dunked in some water, and that's it. You still have missed the point because it's you're being invited into something that's much 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 greater and much much deeper than that it's knowing jesus and growing into his likeness knowing Growing and showing. Basically, if you want to break it down into three key words, that's a good way to do it. Knowing, growing, and showing that, that you know Jesus, that you know who He is, you know what He's done, you know that He is the Son of God, that He loves you, and that He died for you, and that He was raised on the third day, and that He not only uh, is raised on the third day, but He invites you to be part of that resurrection life. So that's knowing who He is and what He's done. But it also means growing in Him, growing in Christlikeness. And when I said every aspect of my life, that how I treat my wife, how I raise my sons, how I treat the lady behind the counter at Hardee's when I go get my biscuit, right? When we go to the restaurants and, and, and we treat the waiters and the waitresses, and you, you're tempted, to, well, I'm just going to stiff them on the tip. That's not Christ-like. can we just be very practical? This this means that even when you're leaving a tip, what does that look like, Jesus? What does that look like? When when I am passing by someone on the street and they need help and I need, you know what? Jesus, what do you want me to do? I My man, I, I really need to get, get to work. I, I know I, I got things to do, Lord. What does that look like? I really just kind of would love to blow them off and, and go on about my business. But if I am submitting myself and submitting my life to Jesus, Sometimes that looks like, "Hey, I want you to stop. I want you to stop, and I want you to take care of this person." I mean, Raina had had uh, uh, this happened to us a few years ago. We were in Brunswick, and we had been out in Brunswick. We had been shopping, and um, we we were getting ready to leave. And we were living in Jessup at that time. We were getting ready to leave, drive back to Jessup, and we stopped to get gas at this gas station. We get ready to pull out, and we see this lady, and she's got she's got a problem with with her tire. And you know, and I'm I'm looking, I'm I'm, I'm like. And I I feel like the Holy Spirit is just saying, you need to walk over there. I'm like, Lord, it's getting kind of late. Surely she's got somebody that's going to help her. He said, she does. It's you. And so we go over there, and I think, you know, maybe I'm just going to help her change a tire, you know. And, man, the situation just begins to unravel because, you know, how sometimes, you you know, you just want it, you just want things to work and the things were not working at all but the, the tire I don't think she had a tire I don't think she had a spare tire it was like I just came over to help change your tire now you're telling me you don't have a spare tire now I'm in the weeds because now I have to be a bad guy because like I don't know what to do I'm just going to walk away and the Holy Spirit says you're not going to walk away you're going to help her and so we had to try to find somebody that at probably is like 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night to try to help get this lady attire. So we call, call this person. He says, yeah, I can get you attire. We have to go to his shop. We wind up buying the lady attire uh, for her, and this is not anything that I thought that I would be doing when I engaged this lady and trying to help her. And I'm not saying this to try to get pats on the back. What I'm saying is this, that sometimes it goes much deeper than just saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, how do you believe in Jesus? What does that look like when you say you believe in Jesus? Does that mean that you're willing to go, not just an extra step, you're willing to go all the way? Are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to be fully engaged in everything that when the Holy Spirit prompts you and says, I want you to do more than just say, God loves you. Have a blessed day. I want you to show it. I want you to show what that looks like. And so, a closer examination of, of the lives of the disciples, if we look at these the lives of, of people who follow Jesus, there are things that we'll see. And three things I want to give you real quick is this. The first is this, there's knowledge. And I, I've already kind of told you some of this. There's knowledge. Disciples know God intimately. Disciples know God intimately. They will develop a reservoir of knowledge based on a biblical worldview. This means that you are spending time in Scripture. This means that the, that the Bible is not just something that sits on your coffee table and collects dust. Anybody ever seen the family Bibles, right? It's like they sit there huge, they're massive. They sit on the coffee table it's like, this is our family Bible. The family never touches it. What it is, the family Bible is something that we just all walk around. It's like uh, I would I would like to put my drink down, but that's the family Bible, so I have to use the coaster over here, right? And and so this is this idea of this knowledge is as a disciple knowing God intimately, that we will develop a reservoir of knowledge based on a biblical worldview. It's spending time on a regular, consistent basis in scripture. And some of us, we, we say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to read 40 chapters every day? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Actually, I would rather you not do that. So if, if you thought that's what reading the Bible looked like, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and let you off the hook. Whew, breathe a sigh of relief, guys. I just let you off the hook. I would rather you read for quality than quantity. You can read a bunch of chapters and say, man, I just finished 40 40 chapters in the Bible. What did you read? I have no clue. What good does that do you? I would rather you read like 40 words and meditate on that. See, this is is what um, people in the the Old Testament would do. They, They would meditate on the Word. That's why we have this whole uh, idea of wisdom literature. It's a meditation literature that you would take and you would think about it. You would you would you would meditate on it and, and let it kind of just get into you and not just read it. So I did, I did my checking off my my stuff today. I would rather you read a little bit and meditate on that and say, God, how do you want me to apply this? What does this mean for me? What does this look like for me, God? What does what does this look like in in my job? What does this look like in my parenting? What does this look like in uh, in my business practices? What does this look like when I go to pay taxes? Come on, somebody. <coughs> okay. Moving right along. Spending time on a regular basis, a consistent basis in Scripture. So, knowledge. But there's also, there's character. And disciples not only know God intimately, but they love God passionately. They love God passionately. What does that look like to love God passionately? They display Christ-like character in every area of their life. This is not some kind of compartmentalization. I used to do this when I was, I was in high school. I would compartmentalize things. So I would have uh, Sunday morning Ryan, and Sunday morning Ryan would come in, and he was a good kid. And he would go to church, and he would listen. He would sing the songs, you know. But Friday Night Ryan was much different than Sunday Morning Ryan. Some of y'all have a Friday Night Ryan too, right? It's just got your name on it. See, it's, it's amazing to me that I see people who say, I love Jesus. And they'll talk about getting their praise on on Sunday. I hate that phrase, by the way, getting their praise on because usually what that means is, I'm here to get my praise on, means that sometime through the week, they probably weren't getting their praise on through the week, because Sunday is the time you get your praise on. Friday is, is when you go get something else on, right? You're, you're at the club, you're at the bar, you're at wherever you're at, and it ain't about Jesus. And and it's a compartment that we compartmentalize our life, and we think it's okay because I can do this. No, this is what I'm talking about. Disciples who love God passionately, they have character. There's continuity about their life. There's continuity from Sunday all the way through to the next Sunday. There's continuity. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. You're not perfect. There's, nobody in here is perfect. But you can be intentional. Intentional. Some of us are not intentional about our walk with Jesus. It's just kind of, well, I'm at church, so I'm going to play the church part. Well, I'm, I'm here at, at the club, so I'm going to play the club part. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm here at a different place, and I'm going to do that. And, and we swing wildly in this walk. This is not what a disciple does. There's got to be continuity from Monday to Sunday. If you're not walking in character, you're not a follower of Jesus. You're a fraud. See, a follower of Jesus has continuity about their life. And, and there have been plenty of times that I've played the fraud. And, and I'm not pointing fingers at you because I am preaching the message that I have to t- told myself f- from high school all the way through and said, you got to make this real, Ryan. This has got to be more than just your mom and dad's religion. This has got to be your intention of living for Jesus, if Jesus means as much to you, what does that look like on a daily basis? What does that look like when you get a paycheck? Or, or, well, it, it's my paycheck. I work for it, right? Do you give anything back? What does that look like when we give offering and tithe? See, I, I've had to learn to do that. That was not something that is inherent in me. What is inherent in me is to keep it all for myself. Anybody else you're like me? Two of us, we're like that. You guys are amazing. Y'all are so generous. What is inherent for me is to be selfish. That's inherent for me. I want to keep it all for myself. It's mine, mine. I'm like those seagulls on, what was it, finding? Mine, 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 mine. I'm like, that's me, mine. And so I've had to learn. What does this look like? And my parents have taught me this. And, and, and I've had to be intentional about that. Now we're teaching our sons what this looks like. You get a paycheck. What does that look like? I'm going to give. I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm going I'm to give back because I don't want money to have them. It's not like God needs your money, but he doesn't want money to have you, right? He doesn't want money to consume you. And, and how do we break that? We break that through uh, reflecting who Jesus is, and Jesus is generous. God is generous. If you only know one verse, it's probably John 3, 16. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. For God so loved the world that he gave, he started out giving. He gave Adam and Eve what? A planet. He gave them a, a garden. He gave them so much. He said, I'm placing you here, planting you here. And he gave. He starts out the story by giving. This is who God is. And it's interesting We say, well, I just don't know that I can do that, pastor. And, and and we'll say, you know, I'll trust God to save me from hell, but I can't trust God with my paycheck. Does that seem weird to anybody? I will trust Jesus to get me out of hell, but I won't trust Jesus to get me out of debt. All right, I'll move on. Somebody can come play. It's getting quiet. A closer examination of the lives of disciples show that disciples know God intimately. Disciples love God passionately. And disciples serve God selfishly, selflessly, not selfishly. That's what we, our default is. Disciples are those who demonstrate faithful conduct that honors God and helps people see when we talk about serving around here there's a power in serving you say well I know what it is you just need somebody to hold it door for somebody you need someone somebody to say hello you need somebody to take up the offering no it's your chance to say God use what I can do and, and I, I tell people this if you're not dead you're not done well I can't do a lot of things well that's fine let's find what you can do God has gifted you. God has has shaped you. God has molded you. God has crafted you with experiences and stories. And so there is this quality when we share, when we share of our resources, when we share of our story, when we share of our experiences, when we share of our spiritual gifts. God's kingdom is blessed. The kingdom is edified. People are lifted up. I don't know how many times I've had so many of you guys you would just come up and you would just share your story. You would do something. And I've seen how it's blessed me personally, and I've seen how it's blessed other people. And you say, why do you do that? Because, look, God's allowed me to be able to do it, Pastor. And why wouldn't I do this? I mean, He blessed me to be able to do it. So I'm going to I'm gonna do this. That we serve in a way that reflects who He is. But that also, it's not a chance just to pat ourselves on the back. What it is, it shows us hey, this is what Christ's likeness looks like in you. And we get to break, and it begins to break selfishness in us. It it helps us become uh, people of gratitude. And and so disciples, they know God intimately. Disciples love God passionately and they serve God selflessly. Last scripture I want to read you. And this is found in John chapter 15. I want you to stand with me. This is what Jesus said. I want to read, starting in verse 7, John chapter 15. He says, If you abide in me, and abide means if you live, come and live in my life and take on the qualities of my life and follow me, not just getting updates like in Twitter you get the timeline, but if you follow me by actually following the pattern of my life and my walk and my speech, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you so pastor there's a lot of things I I wish for when we're asking for what God wants our desires will look more like his desires next verse it says by this my father is glorified that you will do what you'll bear fruit disciples do what they bear fruit is there fruit about your life you want to measure how well you are disciple. What's the fruit that's bear on your tree? What what fruit are you bearing in your life? This is how we measure this. That you will bear much fruit and so prove to be my not Christians, my disciples. Next verse. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abided by love. We'll love like Jesus. You know what? And sometimes loving other people can be difficult. Because there are people that you know what we like, and it's easy to love them. Right? Because I like them. They're like me. You know? But the thing about Jesus is He loves those people who sometimes who are unlikable. He loves those people who are a lot of times who are unlovable. And let's just be honest, that's us a lot of times. We can be very unlovable at times. There have been times that I have been a jerk. <laughs> there have been times that I have been grouchy and grumpy and it's just like man you're not really likable or lovable right now right but I am so glad that Jesus loves me through that so that I can identify that in myself and say God I'm sorry help me to be more like you help me to pull more in you so a disciple abides in Christ through scripture and prayer bears fruit, responds to God's love with obedience has joy and loves They're going to sing a song here in just a second, but I'm going to ask uh, Blake if he'll put this, this uh, uh, the growth track slide up. Our next growth track is coming up. And we talk about membership around here at times. So, why don't we become a member of the church? We're, we're kind of done with membership because we think that membership sometimes is one of those words that has become to mean something else. It's kind of lost some of its meaning. You know, we do in membership. We join stuff, and then we never go. We join the why and then we never go. Come on, somebody. Membership stuff that we sign up for, and then we never visit it again. We're done talking about membership. So what we're moving from is membership to partnership. And that's the word you're going to hear us talk about is partnership. Because we're asking you to partner with us in this life that's called being a disciple partnership looks like doing life together and that sometimes means we don't always get it right, but partners help each other. Partners a lot of times will, will encourage each other. You know what, sometimes we'll correct each other. And you know what, a lot of times we'll sit around and we'll talk about hey, this is what scripture says, man. How, how does this look for you? How does this look for me? Partners are able to live life in such a way where there's intention and there is consistency. That's what a partner is, someone who is in this with you. So that's what we're inviting you to be. When we talk about